Welcome to the Ogletree Deacons podcast, a brief discussion of compelling legal issues and practical insights. Please note that the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be, nor should it be construed as legal advice. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service. Please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. Please enjoy the program. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the Tech Place Talk podcast series. I'm your host, Danielle Oaks, the co-chair of Ogletree's Technology Practice Group. And today we'll be talking about new guidance from the FTC, as well as in the EU, relating to artificial intelligence, AI, and automated systems. In particular, I'm interested in talking about what this guidance may mean for employers who are using AI in the workplace. We have a great panel of speakers today. With me, as usual, is my co-chair of Ogletree's Technology Practice Group, Jen Betts. We also have Colleen DeRosa, a shareholder in Ogletree's Chicago office. And as many of you listeners out there know, if you deal with Chicago, Illinois is one of the most active states in terms of artificial intelligence and other advanced technology regulation. Colleen regularly handles biometric privacy cases for our clients, and she'll tell us a little bit about that today. We also have joining us Stephen Riga, who's an active member of our firm's cybersecurity and data privacy groups. He spent significant time counseling and representing clients regarding matters of data privacy. And last but not least is Justin Tarka, based in our London office, and who also is a key member of our firm's cybersecurity and data privacy practice group. Welcome, everyone. Without further ado, let me turn to Colleen. Colleen, I want to get us kicked off today with just a brief level set. Our focus today is on AI and automated systems. How were you and where do you see employers using AI and automated systems. Thanks, Danielle. There's two hot areas right now, and they are uh, in recruiting and in monitoring employees. So in recruiting, for example, AI-powered interviewing software analyzes video interviews and uses everything from word choice to facial movements to figure out an employability score. Then that score is compared against other applicants. So essentially, employers are trying to save time and costs by using AI rather than recruiters to take that first cut at the stack of resumes. There's some concerns with this, though, that an algorithm trained on incomplete or inadvertently biased data will create biased results uh, that disfavor some people over others. Another area employers are using AI is for monitoring employees, and this is particularly happening more and more with employees working remotely uh, through the coronavirus pandemic. So what we see is employers are deploying AI-driven monitoring technology to track things like employees' active versus idle time on their devices, what website they visit, app usage, and productivity levels based on what data they access or modify, create, or save throughout the workday. While there are many benefits for employers, This technology raises privacy concerns that thus far are largely unregulated in the U.S. Thanks, Colleen. Let's turn to you, Jen. Um, From a U.S. regulatory perspective, is this kind of use of artificial intelligence heavily regulated or regulated at all in the U.S.? 
Thanks, Danielle. Nice to be with you as always. And also nice to receive a softball question from you. The answer to this question is no, really. This kind of artificial intelligence, this kind of tool is not heavily regulated in the U.S. As you alluded to earlier, there are a few states like Illinois and Maryland who have legislated the use of artificial intelligence, but really only in a very narrow category of circumstance. Similar to what Colleen was discussing earlier, AI used in video interviews has been regulated by Illinois, Maryland. There's also some local regulations and ordinances related to the use of facial recognition tech, but that's primarily in the public sector. And of course, as you referenced earlier with biometric technology, it is subject to some state laws, Illinois, Washington, Texas. But for the most part, this technology is not subject to any kind of unique rule or law in the U.S. Really, in the U.S., employers are using these tools and trying to comply with very general old employment legislation and trying to figure out how this new technology kind of fits with old laws. That's not that surprising. I guess, you know, law takes a while to catch up with technology. That's what we're, we're seeing. Justin, how about in the UK or the EU? Are there existing laws or rules already on the books governing organizational use of this kind of technology in the workplace? Thanks, Daniel. And hello, everyone. Greetings from London. Similar to Jen, the short answer is no. Um, but just to expand on that a bit, for example, there was previously or there have been previously recommendations from the European Parliament regarding the regulation of AI. And um, before that, in 2017, I believe, EU legislators produced a report on the safety and liability implications of AI. However, I wouldn't go as far as to say that there have been any concrete proposals until very recently, which is something I'll touch on later. Um, and there isn't any currently specific regulation of AI systems on this side of the pond. That's helpful background from all three of you. With that background, let's talk about the reason we really are here to do this podcast. Um, there are some updates that I think will be interesting to those following the space. Stephen, let me get you involved here. I mentioned new FTC guidance. What is the new FTC guidance and, and what is the FTC? Thanks, Danielle, and thank you for those questions. So the FTC, it's a federal agency focused on antitrust and consumer protection issues. As a firm focused on employers, Ogletree doesn't talk much about the FTC, but the agency is doing some interesting things in the AI and automated systems space that we should be looking at. Although there is no specific AI legislation out there, the FTC is not going to sit around and wait uh, to bring enforcement actions related to AI, and it's going to do that instead when it deems it's appropriate based on its grants of authority. On April 19th, the FTC published a blog post, quote, aiming for truth, fairness, and equity in your company's use of AI. In this blog post, it announced the commission's intent to bring enforcement actions related to, quote, biased algorithms, close quote, under Section 5 of the FTC Act, under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, and the Equal Credit Opportunity Act. It issued a similar blog discussing these issues last year. Notably, the most recent blog states that, quote, the sale or use of, for example, racially biased algorithms falls within the scope of the prohibition of unfair or deceptive 
business practices. The FTC has been using this as a base, basis for bringing enforcement actions regarding data use on the internet for years. So this enforcement announcement is consistent with FTC's longstanding position that fair business practices include fair data usage. Last year's informal guidance from the FTC outlined principles and best practices surrounding transparency, bias, and data models. So the FTC also provided some concrete guidance on, quote, using AI truthfully, fairly, and equitably, indicating that it expects companies to, one, audit its training data, and if necessary, limit where or how they're using the models in question, two, test its algorithms for improper bias before and during deployment, three, use transparency frameworks and independent standards in order to be transparent with consumers, and four, seek appropriate consent to use consumer data. The guidance also warns companies against making statements to consumers that are over-promising or misrepresenting the capabilities of a product, noting that biased outcomes may be considered deceptive and lead to FTC enforcement actions. The FTC's stance has bipartisan support. And in the Senate, the FTC commissioner provided a statement on April 20th, noting that, quote, Congress and the commission must implement major changes when it comes to stopping repeat offenders. And, quote, Congress should allow victims and state attorneys general to seek injunctive relief in court to halt violations of FTC orders, close quote. Thank you, Stephen. So, Colleen, I want to ask you, I think employers are aware of why they should be concerned about bias and, and that sort of thing. But if the FTC regulates consumers, why do employers need to care about these regulations? Well, Danielle, the FTC views part of its role to be addressing systemic racism to the digital divide exacerbated by COVID-19, AI, and algorithmic decision-making, as well as facial recognition technology and the use of location data from mobile apps. Although the FTC's guidance isn't geared towards employers, like you said, Danielle, it is instructive. And frankly, the FTC is out ahead of the EEOC and other agencies that we typically deal with in the employment space. So I think the FTC guidance is likely to guide other agencies and lays out a good roadmap for companies that are trying to take a risk-adverse approach in this space. So what's the takeaway? Well, if you're developing or deploying automated decision-making, review the FTC's guidance and ask if you're acting consistently with the guidelines. And if not, can you revise your approach? Danielle? Thank you, Colleen. Uh, Justin, shifting gears to the EU, are there any updates in this area? For the EU? Yes, there's been one rather big update on the AI front from the EU, and that was in the shape of a proposed draft AI regulation. So on the 21st of April, um, the European Commission um, proposed a regulation, what they've called the Artificial Intelligence Act. Um, and I would really recommend that every employer follow the progress of this draft, even if you aren't subject to EU regulation, so to speak, as it will very well 
provide insights into what's what may come in, into force in the US in the future. Um, and I'll just briefly summarize what the EC's, the European Commission's objectives are with the Act. And those are to ensure that AI systems available in the EU are safe and respect EU laws and values, um, to ensure that there's legal certainty to facilitate investment and innovation in AI. So there's very much not a, an attempt to curtail or restrict development in that area. Um, another objective is to enhance the governance and the effective enforcement of existing laws applicable to AI, such as product safety legislation. And finally, to facilitate the development of a single market for AI so that you have kind of one set of general guiding principles. And the aim behind that is to prevent a market fragmentation in the EU. Danielle? Justin, it sounds like we could probably spend a good amount of this podcast just talking about the details of the draft regulations. But given the objectives, it sounds like we should get into some of the highlights uh, of the provisions. Can you tell us a little bit more about precisely what they provide? Sure. I think the main takeaway is um, to understand how the proposed um, regulation distinguishes between different levels of risk when people are using AI systems. So the EC distinguishes between uses of AI that create one, an unacceptable risk, two, a high risk, and finally, a low or minimal risk. Um, And the plan is to enact a strict ban on AI systems that are considered to create an unacceptable risk. The act or the draft um, legislation identifies types of AI systems which present an unacceptable risk. And that includes systems that deploy, to use their words, subliminal techniques beyond a person's consciousness in order to materially distort a person's behavior in a manner that causes or is likely to cause that person or another person physical or physiological harm. So it's a bit of a mouthful, but in other words, systems that manipulate human behavior. Um, They also call out high-risk AI systems, which are defined as systems intended to be used as a security component. Um, And to bring it closer to home, that would include uses of AI in employment, most notably AI systems which help screen job applications or job applicants. And if you have that type of system, the EC proposes to impose a variety of requirements um, for for the development and deployment of that type of systems. And just briefly, those requirements include the establishment and maintenance of a risk management system, using appropriate training, validating and testing data in the the development phase of whatever the system is, um, ensuring an appropriate level of accuracy, robustness, and cybersecurity based on, and that's based on what the system is designed to be used for. Um, There's a need to draw up specific technical documentations just so that someone can identify exactly what's involved in in the makeup of the system and also a requirement to provide comprehensive instructions for use as well as allowing for the for human oversight of the ai system so not leaving everything to the machine so to speak Um, and then finally the ec also provides for mandatory post-market monitoring obligations which applies to providers of, of those systems Now, a lot of these principles are generally similar to those that apply in a purely data privacy context. So they aren't completely 
unfamiliar to most people. Um, I, I think I'll leave it there. There's a lot more I could say, but just in the interest of time, I think that just highlights the main points from the um, draft regulation. So, Stephen, I, I want to ask you what you think the odds are that this kind of framework will be imported to the U.S. I will say it seems to me that um, notice, consent seem to be concepts that could be imported from the privacy world over to AI, as well as auditing and make validating um, are, are some additional principles that seem to be becoming the foundational concepts for regulating in this area. That said, what do you think um, will happen here in the U.S.? Is the U.S. going to adopt the European Union's regulatory framework? I think it's never a good idea to bet against the Cong- any effort in Congress stalling. So I ultimately think the reality is that it's early days for AI legislation at the federal level, and that there's a, going to need to be a lot more, how do I put this, groundwork laid at, at the federal level with Congress before something is, is actually passed. That doesn't mean the federal government is ignoring this. Uh, the U.S. National Institute of Standards and Technology, uh, otherwise known as NIST, has an initiative for, with workshops and discussions to establish standards for de- developing reliable, robust, and, and trustworthy AI, AI systems. That's helpful development of the kind of standards that we would then look to enforce through congressional action. But for the moment, I think at the federal level, the FTC appears to be the main game in town. And they clearly are pointing to exactly the use of these sorts of standards, of using consent, of using transparency, of making sure that the, the algorithms that are being used in your AI systems are not prone to bias in order to affect the, the necessary results for a fair, uh, equitable environment that they have clearly communicated is what they're aiming for. I also think it's important to keep in mind that at the state level, there's probably going to be some level of enforcement and activity much faster than at the federal level. But even in the most heavily regulated states for data privacy purposes, I have yet to see a comprehensive effort similar to the ones that are being proposed at this point in the EU. What's interesting about that is I think U.S. legislation is often reactive, meaning something happens and then we respond as opposed to proactive, with the exception of Illinois, who came up with the proactive step of um, regulating biometrics before an issue had actually occurred that, that we know of. Colleen, let me ask you, what do you see um, on the horizon? Well, Danielle, since uh, the Illinois Biometric Privacy Act is the major focus of my practice right now, you know, I also think that state level regulatory action is more likely to happen uh, quick, more quickly and sooner than any federal action on this issue. And, you know, that's how we've seen the regulation of biometric privacy um, occur and I think that's a good indication for, for this issue too. Um, it's notable, I think, that Bills or resolutions involving AI have been introduced in 16 states this year already, but relatively few of those involve the use of AI specifically for employers or in the employment context. 
Um, so what we have to rely on now is the FTC guidance um, and then keeping an eye, eye and ear out for developments in the states where, where employers are operating and making efforts to ensure that employers are using AI in a way that heads off potential bias that could be based on race or other protected categories. And, you know, those protections are existing EEO laws and uh, data privacy, theft or misuse laws um, that are already existing. Thank you, Colleen. Jen, any final thoughts as we wrap up? Yeah, thank you, Danielle. I'm really glad we did this podcast because I think it's a really good kind of level set of where we are in the U.S. and in the EU. A lot of employers are rolling out this kind of technology. We've seen an exponential increase of the use of AI in the workplace during the pandemic. We anticipate that it's only going to continue as time passes. Employers who are using this technology need to keep their eyes and ears open to understand what guidance is being given in the U.S., in the EU, so that they can set up processes to try to mitigate potential risk and to try to treat employees fairly. So I think this has been really helpful information, and we'll continue to keep everybody updated as new guidance comes out. Absolutely. Jen, I too am glad that we have a global approach on this podcast, because the fact of the matter is even regulating at the U.S. state level seems a little bit ridiculous, given that the use of something like AI certainly isn't confined to a single state. It's it's going to be used across states, and it's going to be used across the globe. Um, So it makes a lot of sense to think about this from a much broader and global perspective. Well, I want to thank you all for this very interesting, informative panel. And I'd also like to thank the audience for tuning in. We will see you next time in the Tech Place. Thank you for joining us on the Ogletree Deacons podcast. You can subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service. Please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. And remember, the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as legal advice.